Welcome to Career Tools. Our guidance on acting on negative performance communication. Here we go. This guidance answers the questions, what do I do when I get negative performance communication from my boss? What should I assume when I get that negative performance communication from my boss? How do I prevent this from happening again? Okay, Wendy, so it happens. People get negative performance communication and it's in writing, which some people don't understand makes it more significant. And a lot of people don't know what to do. A lot of people retreat. A lot of people disagree with their boss, get angry, start looking for a job, whatever. So if it does happen to somebody, and we hope it doesn't, but if it does, what should we do? Okay, so the first thing is just it's valid. Get over the fact that you think it's not valid or it's not fair or they don't understand or whatever. It's valid. Get over that first. Uh, Then write a response. Oh, write a response. Write a response, yes. Change your behavior, obviously, because you've got to change it, and then ask for clarification later. Okay, so you say it's valid. Get over it. I got to tell you, most people understand, I think, that getting something in writing from your boss, unless your boss is just so picky that he or she writes up everybody for every minor infraction, getting something written from your boss is fairly significant. And yet our experience is is that an awful lot of people act as if it's not. They sort of do cognitive dissonance, right? Yeah, we're not talking here about feedback, like in the feedback manager tools feedback model, which is for frequent and small changes and, you know, little things. We're talking about when you're written written up, whatever how whatever that means in your company and um, whatever a written warning the words are. It's for things like repeated failures, significant errors, and maybe repeated instances of conflict and complaints. And when you get that feedback in writing, you know it's serious because the company is putting the feedback in writing to create a paper trail with the thought that in the future, perhaps you will get fired and they need that paper trail. Exactly. To, To protect themselves from a wrongful termination suit, right? They only put feedback in writing uh, in most corporate cultures, when there's a possibility that I need to prove that this was actually done. Now, unfortunately, you and I have had this conversation many times where many managers and many organizations go overboard on this. And managers think that, in fact, I just had a text exchange with a client manager the other day. It says, okay, here's what I wrote up about the feedback that I gave to somebody. And I said, well, I don't know what you talk to them about, but if you talk to them about this thing you're mentioning, then that's a fine write-up. But why are we even writing it up? And he said, oh, the company asks us to write up everything, so just in case. And I thought, well, that's an awful lot. I said, I said, I don't think the company realizes that that would mean managers will significantly decrease the amount of verbal feedback they give if you have to write every single one up. And he says, well, they probably didn't think about that, but it doesn't matter. If I tell somebody something good or something bad, I have to write it down. I said, you realize that means they don't trust you. Anyway, um, we could go on and on about that. Okay. In most cases, being written up is supposed to signal to people, this is serious. And yet there are some people who don't understand it. And what we're saying is it is serious. Yeah. If you have doubt about the seriousness, the fact that the company is putting it in writing tells you they believe it's serious. It tells you to have no doubt. They believe it's serious. And if you think it's valid or not, 
it's valid once it's in writing. You know, negative feedback in general is valid because it's whoever's your manager's perception of your behavior, which uh, if they perceive it to be a negative, then that's valid. It's not what you think, it's what they think. But if the company didn't believe that the negative feedback was valid, they wouldn't put it in writing. They don't put ambiguous things into writing. Yeah, I think that the issue with validity is I, as, as I put myself in the, in the seat of a manager listing out there, I think, well, I mean, it's not valid. I didn't do what he said I did. And I would say, okay. If that's your definition of validity, in other words, an existential examination of what actually happened, fine. But you can get fired then for stuff you didn't do. Now, if that shocks you as being capricious and the world isn't fair, okay, you're right. The world is capricious and not fair. This guidance is about protecting you both if the world is fair, in other words, you did it, or if the world is not fair, it's, it's capricious, and you didn't do it. Our point is, if you're having an argument in your mind, I think this is what you're saying, Wendy, if you're having an argument in your mind, a dear listener, with your manager about what's valid and what's not, and the approach you're taking is some existential analysis, or hey, you were there and she wasn't, or what your peer told your boss is not what you actually said. If they'd repeated just what you said, it would have been okay. If that's what you're doing, you're having the wrong argument. The argument is who believes what, and I know this is going to upset some of you, but the fact is it's true. It's a fact of life. Not only what each side believes, but who has power. And the fact is your company has power and power gives additional weight to any argument. Now, I know that's hard to hear, but tell me about a, a situation in life where that isn't true. I mean, it's always true. And of course, you and I have talked about this before about, you know, we, we recommended manager tools, Wendy, that people assume positive intent. But the, the dark side of that is most of us assume positive intent about our own behavior. We know why we did what we did. To someone else, it may not make sense because they don't understand our intent, right? Yeah, and you do, you do things accidentally or you didn't intend for it to come out that way. You didn't, nobody intends for things to come out badly. Nobody intends to start a fight. Nobody intends to repeatedly make the same mistake. And we let ourselves off because we know we didn't intend that. You kind of do that cognitive dissonance thing. It's like, well, it's not so bad because I didn't mean to do it. Well, it doesn't matter if you mean to do it. Yeah, it really, really doesn't matter. It never matters. <laughs> because if there is negative performance communication, then something went wrong. Some expectation was not met. And that's the important thing, that the expectation wasn't met, whether or not you intended it to be or not. If you understood X and Y instead of A and B, it doesn't matter if you intentionally made the mistake or not. It doesn't matter if you think the thing that your boss is blowing up is just minor and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter even if you don't agree with their characterization that you're uncommunicative or whatever. It's their expectation that was not met and therefore it's valid. Yeah. The boss gets to decide what's valid, right? I mean, the boss mm -hmm. has power. Again, Capricious, wrong, not fair, not ethical, not just, yep, all those things, but real. And career tools and manager tools have a habit of dealing in reality and not fantasy tools. You might have a reasonable boss who only gives negative performance communication when it's valid in, in your mind. She's negative when a ball that was dropped could have been caught or a deadline is missed 
due to something you could have expected. For those of you with that boss, assuming that the criticism is valid is easy. But if you add on top of it, for some of us, you know, I've got a boss that makes mistakes. He blows up about minor things. He doesn't understand all the facts when he gives me, you know, negative performance, written negative performance communication (laughs) or invalid stuff. You have to assume that's valid too. You're not the decision maker, right? Um, If you were actually the decision maker, all your performance reviews would be awesome. You'd be (laughs) awesome sauce all over it. I get to decide how good I am. I'm awesome. Yeah. And I, to tell you the truth, I listen to some people talk sometimes. It's like, dude, you can't possibly believe that. I mean, there's posted criteria and you missed every one of them. Oh, well, I have, I have reasons. So you want your, your review, your annual review to be about your reasons? Oh, yeah. Well, what happens if your company has really bad results? Do you think the company will stay in business just because they had good reasons? Because I think every company has good reasons. So we're basically saying, regardless of what you think, regardless of how you feel about your boss, regardless of how capricious, unjust, unethical, unfair it is, you have an obligation to recognize the world is not perfect and you need to take some actions to protect yourself so that you don't violate one of Wendy's rules, which is never allow someone else to make a career decision for you. Exactly. Right? So the first thing we recommend is to write a response. Yeah. So we're going to respond to written feedback in writing, like the modalities are the same. Um, If the feedback came from HR, then you write to HR and copy your boss. If the feedback came from your boss, but HR was present, then you write to your boss and copy HR. And if it just comes from your boss, then you write to your boss. Right. And you need to keep a copy of the response. So uh, if you've sent it by email, then make sure you have a printed copy because you can lose access to your email because your email isn't actually your email, it's the company's email. So make sure you have a printed copy or some other copy of your response. Yeah. So title of the response, response to a negative performance communication. And, and basically, when I say negative performance communication, I mean, insert there, whatever it is your company called, whatever it is you got. I mean, it could be a formal write-up. It could be a warning. It could be a coaching moment. I had a client, that a big corporate client that said, anytime the manager wrote up the direct, it was called a coaching moment. Like, golly, I mean, I just, I mean, the stupidity of these people, the idea that, oh, that's a coaching moment. Really? You're going to write me up and it's going to go in my file and you tell me it'll be in my file for five years? This is not a coaching moment. This is a slap your knuckles with a ruler moment. (laughs) I mean, gee whiz, you talk about me never, ever doing anything related to that thing, you know, or, or by the way, if you expect me to get my ruler, my, my knuckles whacked by a ruler, who's basically giving me a coaching moment. And then, in addition, you expect me to collaborate collaborate, and be feckoned with ideas? No, dude, you're smoking crack again. And so my suggestion would be the writer, if, you, if you're the person who's gotten this negative performance communication, a very formal tone. Probably that's the tone whatever you got was. But even if the note you got that you had to sign, again, the signature's dumb, but even if the note you got uh, was handwritten by your boss on a mimeographed form, you know, Wendy's Mark's boss and Wendy talked to Mark about this and Wendy writes it down in writing and then handwriting and then I have to sign the body. Even that, I would still respond with a formal note. 
You could be taking it seriously, right? Exactly. That's exactly what we're doing here. We're saying if things go down a bad path, there's going to be evidence that I responded in the most professional way to my company wanting a documentation of my negative performance in writing. Okay, so so what should we say in it? So the first words must be thank you. <laughs> which which is probably very difficult to write and, and maybe really galling to, to be able to say thank you. But if you're going to turn this around, you have to treat it as if it was the wake-up call that the company intended it to be. If you don't say thank you, then the company thinks that they gave you a break, right? They didn't fire you yes. over this thing they could have fired you over. Even your boss thinks, I gave him a break. I just gave him a written warning. Yeah, okay, so that's the last of our disciplinary steps. But still, I could have fired him and I only gave him a written warning. And if you don't say thank you, it's like you didn't appreciate him. Yes, and I'll tell you something. I, I had an exchange with a, with a person up in Silicon Valley a few weeks ago that, that was noteworthy for me. I was saying something similar to this. I said, hey, look, you got it. You, you, I mean, that note I've seen from your boss, that's serious. You need to respond right. You need to say thanks. You need he says, I'm not thanking my boss for telling me I need to do better. I'm doing pretty darn good already. And what was funny, the reason, the only reason I got, I got really got lucky here because we had been having coffee five minutes before uh, with his boss's boss and a couple other people. A conversation started about a couple of them attended spinning classes and it was the latest craze and um, uh, they really liked it and, and uh, getting a lot out of it. So I told him later when we were having the discussion about getting written up, I said, but my understanding of spinning classes is some of the, some of the leaders are pretty aggressive. I mean, they yell at you if you don't keep up and you, you know, they're exhorting you and so on. And Hey, you got to, you know, keep up with the RPMs or whatever, whatever you do in a spinning class. And uh, he says, oh, yeah, she's totally, our instructor's totally kicking my butt. She wants me to be better, da-da-da-da-da. And I looked at him with his blank face, and he goes, what? I said, you just described exactly what your boss is doing. You pay to go to spinning class. You love it. You say you're here at work for the right reasons. Your boss is exhorting you. He's disappointed, and he's written you up. It's exactly the same thing. He's like, no, it isn't. I said, yeah, yeah, it really is. So don't tell me that you you like being exhorted by your spinning instructor and you dislike when your boss says, hey, you need to get better. This is a warning. Okay, so we say thank you. What else? So the full length of your, of your email or your written communication would be, thank you for the negative performance communication, whatever your company calls that. Thank you for the negative performance communication meeting that we had recently. I appreciated you taking time out to help me understand what I did that wasn't effective for you and the organization. I clearly have work to do to come up to the standards that the organization expects. I'm motivated to do so, and I've been thinking of almost nothing else other than what I can do to be more effective. I look forward to hearing positive feedback from you when I demonstrate the behaviors you and the organization are looking for, respectfully your name yeah that's good of course if you have a license on the show notes you can just copy it yeah that's much a license makes it easy you can just copy and paste that kind of note will surprise and please your boss and hr it's going to add weight to their perspective because look in light of the fact that you're not performing well they've lost the ability probably to assume positive intent there's a sort of a virtuous cycle and a vicious cycle when it comes to managing somebody who's doing well 
everything they do appears to be doing well. It's called halo and horns. Someone who's doing poorly, we start seeing them through a lens of they do poorly. If they're seeing something that causes them to write you up, you have horns. And they're looking for things that cause them to believe your horns are justified. You know, I knew I couldn't trust her. I knew I couldn't do this. Couldn't believe he was a good performer or whatever. This says, no, I'm going to change. I'm going to give you a positive impression of me. And you're not going to doubt my attitude. Not saying you're going to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to say, I have a better attitude and I'm going to make some changes. Okay. So we acknowledge it. We write a response. And now we've got to take action. One of the things we know is that if you've been written up, you're going to be on a short lease and your boss is going to be looking for negatives, probably, unfortunately, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're going to look at the mistakes in the same vein as that they've already given you in writing, right? So if you consistently make detail errors, they're going to be looking at the details of your work, looking for those errors. And though you've written the letter that hopefully gives them something positive or or encourages them to look for positive changes, they're not going to completely. They're still going to look at your your errors. So the area of performance, whatever you've been written up for, whether it's conflict or whether it's repeated errors, whatever it is, that has to be your primary goal, like daily and weekly. Even if your primary goal is sales, if your boss says your documentation and reporting is bad, Documentation reporting needs to be number one for the next four to six weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if you know other things slip, that area has to improve quickly because that's what they're looking at. Even if you think it's minor, it's not minor because they wrote it up. Yeah. Like, exactly. they, they were telling you it's not minor. <laughs> you have to get the hint. The other thing, though, is a lot of bosses are going to give negative performance communication in ways that don't make it easy to change. In other words... It's going to be something like you're not collaborative enough or you're not a team player or you, you know, you've got a bad attitude and so on. So all of us internally, we think of ourselves as collaborative and a team player to some degree, right? Some Mm -hmm. of us less so, but at least we think, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're fine in that. By the way, whenever folks, you say you're fine in something, it usually means it's a weakness and you ought to be careful. Um, But what we've got to do is fight through that. We've got to turn vague performance communications into specifics, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one example of this is attitude. Your manager says, I don't like your attitude. And of course, you say, I don't have an attitude. But if that's what the feedback is, and you need to work out what changes you're going to make, you've got to break that down and make it into behavior. So behavior is the things that you can see, that you can hear yourself, you can see yourself saying, Uh, If you close your eyes and you go through that meeting again, you can watch yourself on video. Those are the behaviors. So things like... Let's be clear. Let's use the manager tools definition. What is behavior? Behavior are the words you say. In other words, words other people can hear you say. How you say them, your tone. Uh, There's a big difference between I'll help and I guess I'll help. Your facial expressions. um, Are you smiling and making eye contact with people? Are you looking down at your phone? Your body language, are your arms crossed, or are you leaning forward? And then lastly, work product. And work product is is um, the quality of your work, the quantity of your work, the accuracy of your work, the timeliness of your work, uh, and the documentation around your work. All right, so that's the official definition of, of behavior. But you're suggesting we got to break it down into actual behaviors that we then change. 
Yeah. So if if your boss is complaining about your attitude, then if you imagine yourself, you kind of watch that screenplay in your own head, maybe you can see yourself crossing your arms, moving back from the table. Maybe you remember rolling your eyes when that person said the thing that was completely stupid. Maybe you huff and you don't notice it or you or when you think about it, maybe I make huffing noises. So those are the behaviours that your boss is lumping together and calling attitude. And you can change those behaviours. You can't change attitude, but you can change those behaviours. So that's why we want to break it down so that we can find the things that we're actually going to change. Makes sense. And you talk about literally just picturing yourself in certain situations, right? Yeah. So maybe you miss deadlines and that's your issue. If you're going to hit deadlines in the future, you have to do something different, right? You have to behave differently. So, you know, maybe you got the task given to you. You can remember, like, you got an email. Okay, what did I do next? I put it on my task manager. Okay, what do I do next? I check my task manager every day. Okay, well, so far, so good. But then I missed this one because it wasn't marked high priority. Okay, that was where you're, that's where it went wrong. So this is the place where you have to put some other kind of behavior in. You have to do something differently there so that you make sure to that- To address the weakness that, uh, that apparently is not just a weakness, it's a significant weakness because your boss has written you up for it. And you know what, Wendy, I'm sure there are people who are listening and going, really, I have to be that specific? Yeah, you do. You might mm-hmm. think, well, you know, I don't really agree. Well, now you're going back to the whole validity thing. We're over that, guys. Well, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. I shouldn't have to require this level of micromanagement. Dude, this is not micromanagement. This is telling us telling you how to get out of the hole you put yourself in. If you had been being micromanaged, this never would have happened because you would have gotten all kinds of comments about this long before you had to be written up. I mean, you know, you're already in, you know, in a jackpot, so to speak. You're, you, you got problems. And it takes this level of detail in order to get better. And I think there are far too many professionals in the world that just think, well, it should be natural. It should be easy. It's what works for me and so on. Like, no, you actually have to drill down and take it from a guy who doesn't like details. You actually have to drill down and say, what am I going to change? What specific behaviors am I going to change? And then at some point, hopefully we engage in the new behaviors. We get some some wins under our belt, even if we don't hear about them verbally. We just trust ourselves. Hey, I'm doing better. The thing that they were talking about, I can clearly see myself doing better. And then the next thing we do is we ask for clarification from our boss. Right. We have to wait four to six weeks until we ask this question, until we ask our manager, have you seen some positive changes? Because if you ask right after they gave you that negative performance communication, even if you've done the right thing, they won't believe that it's going to stick. So perhaps like they were talking about your attitude in meetings. Yeah, you just want to be let off the hook. You did one good thing. I had to wait. I saw you do it wrong seven times before I finally had to write you up. You've done it once and suddenly it's even? No, I don't think so. Exactly, right? Oh, that's not sticking, right? So, you know, if you ask too soon, you'll just get, well, we'll see, or, you know, I'm not ready to say that yet, right? So you've got to wait until the manager believes that it's been long enough that it's an embedded change and you actually have changed your behavior. And in this conversation, you also want to ask the manager if they have any further recommendations for you. Because when you were in the hole, they probably gave you some recommendations that brings you up to standard or acceptable, 
But after that, if you really want to change this this performance area, you've got to have some other recommendations that bring you up to better than that, right? You want to be right. better than average or better than standard or acceptable. So you want to try and get some more specific recommendations about what else they need to see in order for you to have really turned the corner so for example if it's your attitude in meetings right you might have stopped huffing and stopped pushing back and unfolded your arms and stopped tapping on your phone but that's still not good meeting behavior right you're just not doing the negatives so now you've got to find out what are the positives what are the things i should be doing exactly and We've got to address the elephant in the room about people who feel like they've gotten written up. Maybe they've been written up a couple of times and they're thinking, yeah, this is all great, but I'm really not motivated to do this because I know now I want to look for another job. Right. So folks, just to be clear, we totally get it that you want to leave your job in some cases. We hope that's not true, but if it is, if it's come to that, that's fine. But that's separate from our guidance about what you need to do at work, okay? Whether you're staying or going, our guidance stands about what to do to get out of the hole. The reason we tell you this now is because even if you're thinking about leaving and you were thinking this guidance was only about people staying, I'm telling you, no, it's both. If you engage in this behavior, people will think you're staying which is exactly what you want because if i if i'm your boss and i think you le- you're leaving i'm going to underinvest in you i'm going to make things harder for you i'm going to think i can ask you to step up and do more when in fact you need time off i can start asking you questions about why you need time off i'm going to start noticing when you come in and when you leave and so on and make things uncomfortable for you and if for some reason your job search doesn't go well you and i now are in conflict So it's totally okay to want to leave. It's not okay to let leaving be your primary motivation. You have to keep the home fires burning at the place that pays your bills right now. Don't let the knowledge that you're looking for something else leak out or become an issue. Do your job, be a professional, stay in the moment relative to the work you need to do while also finding time to get your resume ready, sending it out, Follow our guidance about you know doing a job search confidentially, you know privately, and then you'll be fine. And heaven forbid, it takes you 12, 18 weeks to find a new job or even longer. But because you haven't engaged in what we've recommended in this guidance, your job is suddenly at risk at eight weeks. You've got to address the issue because if you've been written up, you're in danger. And you don't know when you'll catch your boss's boss on a bad day or HR on a bad day or your boss on a bad day. And they just said, look, it's happened 15 times. We've got enough. And the HR person, the lawyer says, no, if I'd known it was 15, we'd have fired him by now. And heaven forbid you lose your job before you've got another one. Even if you get another one in eight, 12 weeks, that's still eight, 12 weeks without pay. Mm -hmm. Um, Why put your family through that? Why not do the right thing relative to work? the stopgap thing, the defensive measure thing, even if you're leaving. And of course, if you're staying, we stand by every bit of the guidance. Right. It's so much harder to find to interview when you've been fired because you have to say that you've been fired, right? Yeah. And it's harder if you don't have a job. It's harder on your finances. It's harder on your family. Like, why, why go through that when you can address the issue at the same time as looking? Yeah. So summarizing real quickly, folks, negative performance communication is never fun, 
there's a roadmap to follow. It's it's not rocket science. You've got to acknowledge it's valid. You've got to write a response. You've got to make efforts to change your behavior and then ask for clarification along the way. Break things down into the behaviors you need. Change those behaviors and then don't end up in the same place. And if you need to be looking for a job separately, fine, do so. But those two things are independent of one another. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks. Bye, Rome. 